Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing. It's Dave from Real, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast once again, where every episode I aim to bring you helpful hints and tips that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars on your real estate journey. And with those thoughts in mind, uh, my conversation turns to Rod Westerhouse. Rod's uh, an active agent in and around the Brisbane area, um, although um, from my understanding, Rod, you'll, you'll travel pretty much anywhere in that part of the world to make a sale happen. Sure will, Dave. 500 sales, 130 suburbs across Brisbane we've sold in so far, so yes, we know no boundaries. That's incredible. And so, you know, you're not just nailed down to a particular suburb, really, your, 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 um, your knowledge base is quite holistic and over the, the entirety of the region. Well, I'm not sure about my knowledge base, Dave, but... Um, <laughs> My business is largely referral-based, so uh, I guess I go where the referrals are. It's fair to say you go where the people need you to be. Correct. That's it. Absolutely. Um, so, um, Rod, so tell me what's going on in around uh, Brisbane right now. What's the dynamic and uh, what, are, what are agents like yourselves feeling right now? Mate, we've, uh, I guess we've had a bit of a shot in the arm recent times in the last uh, couple of months things were pretty latent and slow and some would say backwards before then but um, there seems to be a little bit more confidence in the market mm-hmm. and uh, and things seem to be progressing so I think the, the the outlook between now and Christmas I think is, is going to be quite a busy one for buyers and sellers alike. Okay so, uh, what, what, so what were the factors that were leading to a bit of a downturn or, or a slowdown in activity before this uh, latest flurry? Uh, I, I just think there's a general overall lack of confidence. I think, as mm-hmm. you know, uh, very little wage growth, um, not a lot of job security. Obviously, we, uh, we're fairly dependent on the resource sector in, in Queensland, although that's more in the regional areas, which I don't dabble in. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, mate, I just don't think that there's a, a great amount of confidence, and I think that just comes down to the world economy. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly quite negative when it comes to an outlook over the next three to five years, and I think we're in for a pretty flat time. But at the moment, things are going quite good. Uh, as you would know, Dave, demand and supply is what it's all about. So supply is quite short, and uh, and there is a bit of an increase in demand, especially from those southern investors from Sydney and Melbourne wanting to come up here. So hmm. we need to make hay while the sun shines. So so post-federal uh, election and uh, a couple of interest rates adjustments have uh, been the shot in the arm the Brisbane market's needed? Uh, mate, I, I don't think interest rates play a factor because okay. ultimately if you couldn't afford a, a loan at 5%, you're not going to afford one at 3%. So yeah. I don't think interest rates have got anything to do with it. Um, I had some, some colleagues who, who claimed there was an upturn straight after the election. I certainly didn't feel that and I think it took a little bit of a, a bit of time for for the overall market to get a little bit more confident. But but I would suspect, um, and perhaps this is a political comment, but I think there is a little bit more confidence in the market now that uh, now that uh, Scott Morrison and the LNP have, uh, have got the reins for another term. Yeah, yeah. Well, we definitely noticed it here with investor activity really slowing down uh, pre-election, um, where a lot of people were, I guess, putting their decision on hold um, until such time as they knew exactly where the where the world was going to land and um, and afterwards I think we, we were expecting there to be a, a bigger flurry of activity than what um, has transpired but uh, very fortunately though it's uh, it's been a move uh, in the positive it's not kind of taken a dramatic step backwards as a lot of people were um, anticipating uh, should uh, Labor have gotten up in the in the federal election. Yeah exactly right but uh, you know why wouldn't you be confident if you lived in Queensland let's be honest. 
God's country. <laughs> Queen's country, anyway. <laughs> and so, um, so what are some of the things that buyers need to be uh, really careful of of buying in the market right now? Uh, mate, I don't think anything's changed. To be okay. to be rudely honest, we're we're still uh, there's still a massive handbrake on um, uh, on the finance component. The banks are still, whilst I think that their lending policies have loosened up quite a bit. Uh, again, I've, I come from a uh, a banking background. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my my mates are still in banking and broking, and uh, they're just getting choked with compliance at the moment. So, yeah. while uh, while deals are sometimes, you know, they may take two or three days to actually get a, uh, a formal approval or a conditional approval, they're actually getting choked up for you know two and sometimes even three or more weeks in mm. compliance, which you know it's terrible. Our our average. Um, settlement term or, or typical settlement term in Queensland used to be 30 days, yeah. which is obviously significantly quicker than, than Sydney and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that sort of, yeah, there's not a lot that are getting through in 30 days now, especially when, when, when buyers are needing, uh, you know, 14, 21 days or sometimes even longer to get their finance approved. And, and is, that, um, is that impacting on registrations at auctions? Or are just buyers um, seeking that variance to a slightly longer settlement to cover themselves just in case? Yeah, mate, I think auctions in Queensland, and obviously you're an exceptional auctioneer, I do my best. Um, Rod, Rod beat me in can... an auctioneering competition just by the way, so let's, let's <laughs> set the record straight there. Rod's exceptional. Uh, it, was, it was a staged experience, Dave, but, uh, and I paid more than you, but anyway. Um, the truth emerged. I think, um, oh, look, I, it, look, Queensland's not a very big auction state. It never has been. Our clearance rate typically languish around 45%, mm-hmm. um, but our numbers are much, much lower. So... Um, you're right. I'm more I'm more reluctant to do auctions in this environment where, where finance is a constraint, and uh, and it would be fair to say I've done less auctions, and I, I do some freelance auctioneering for other for, for bigger brands as well. Yeah. Um, but the number of auctions that I've done this year are significantly lower. Yeah. But in saying that, um, you know, I, the last couple of weeks. I've had a significant number of calls uh, right. compared to previous months, people wanting to book an auction just before Christmas. So, okay. so that really reflects my earlier comments about where I think the sentiment of the market is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, where, where um, uh, supply becomes constrained and demand seem- seemingly increases, then uh, people are turning to auction to sort the buyers out, uh, not being entirely confident where the, where the price might lay in, uh, in a slightly less predictable marketplace. Well, I think so. And as, as you and I know, as, as purists of selling real estate, auctions sorts sheep from the goats. It, uh, it motivates buyers to make a decision. And I guess I think in this environment, and I think we're going to experience a lot more, uh, in the the, uh, the level of motivation for sellers to need to sell, mm-hmm. I think is going to increase significantly. Uh, decisions to sell before the bank does, mm-hmm. um, quite sadly, I think is going to become a uh, an increasing factor, yeah. and an auction is a is a perfect result to achieve what is effectively market price mm-hmm. within a time within a, a set time frame. Uh, and again, there's probably not many agents that can do it, Dave. But but you and I, the way we run our auctions, we, we sometimes even get a premium. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Uh, isn't it interesting? There's been a been a few recently going to the hammer, which um, uh, which have experienced far better results than what I uh, would have uh, earlier anticipated, and yet still vendors are very very hesitant to go down that path. Um, and uh, 
uh, and, and I think in uh, buoyant times and when prices are good, um, sometimes the uh, private treaty just represents a, a, a smoother, easier, the path of least resistance for, for a lot of vendors that don't want to put themselves through that, uh, that process of auction. Of course. And again, you know and I know auction's not a, a single, you know, 20-minute um, event. Mm. It's a 30-day process So, and, and sometimes a 40-, 45-day process in that if we don't achieve the desired result or it's in our client's best interest to uh, to accept significantly more money or more money with conditions, yeah. uh, we simply pass it in. And, and we had that example last week where we passed a property in at 780 we had a sniff that there was more money and it went under contract, uh, effectively an unconditional contract within two days for 820. So wow. uh, with, without an auction, without that auction process, uh, we wouldn't have had six people registered a bid. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't have got the result that we got. I've, I've got absolutely no doubt that, uh, again, this is not about pushing auction and it ultimately it's the vendor's decision. But as a salesman or a professional in real estate, that auctions, uh, auction has a lot of a lot of positives and uh, and not a lot of negatives in a lot of cases. Well, we've been uh, borrowing the best bits of auction and private treaty applicable to our marketplace and that we've been releasing properties to the market without a price for the first week and gathering some feedback from the market before setting a price range and generally setting a price range with the bottom end of the price in alignment with roughly where the top end of the feedback lies and then projecting a little bit above that uh, to give our vendors an opportunity to achieve a premium if it's there and in competition. And what's really interesting in doing that is that our, chance, our, our, um, our clearance rate in the first three or four weeks has uh, certainly stepped up. Um, but what we, um, what we have found is that um, just generally speaking in the market, if you're not sold in that first three or four weeks, come week six, week seven, I'm finding it all the harder to get a premium price then. You know, it's that, that old adage, you know, rarely do you get a great price week nine on the market. And But the, yep. uh, the early flurry of activity is certainly there in supporting competition and, and great offers early on. And if the vendors ignore that or just miss that opportunity to uh, create that competitive environment, then um, it can turn out to be a bit of a struggle as, um, as the pool of buyers quickly dissipates. Yeah, and mate, I think with the increased availability of data, which hasn't really crept up on us, but, but you know, buyers have got much more information than they've ever had before. Mm. Um, I'd go so far as to say, and I think this is a fair representation of the market, especially in Brisbane, but I would go so far as to say is, is, is the sellers need to be aware that the, pre the premium typically comes in the first seven to ten days yeah. it is really that quick so it's like fishing you know you, you chuck your bait in you either get bites if you don't get bites straight away chances are you're gonna have to get up and move the boat yeah yeah that's a great way of putting it um so um so that's pretty much your advice going into um to new listings at the moment as you're advising vendors coming to market Oh, look, it's, it's again, as I said, auction's, auction's not a one-shoe-fits-all proposition. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a property that's very heavily geared to first-home buyers, um, I think in a lot of instances you'd be absolutely – it would be terrible advice yeah. to suggest an auction. So it certainly does depend. I would suggest I'm, – I'm pitching, I guess, at auction uh, for auctions, probably only 30% or 40% of my listings at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but that's significantly more than what it was six months ago. Yeah. Um, but it's probably – 
in reality, in the past 15 years, it's probably never been more than 60 or 70 percent anyway. So Yeah, yeah. And it, it is funny, and, and, and I think what you're alluding to in, in some respects is there that uh, some agents will adopt auction as a cure-all and just apply it to every property and um, and kind of feel that, you know, the process will sort all, all things out from there. But, uh, you know, I think over time, um, you know, as an agent becomes more experienced and sophisticated, they realise, you know, w what the right levers to pull for what properties are. And in some cases, auction's the ultimate solution. And for others, well, they can be better served through private treaty methods and um, and by negotiation and um, by applying um, a different type of pricing structure in order to encourage a sale. Simply because you know we're, we're not just marketing a property is one thing, but you're marketing to a very specific demographic. And um, you know we're, we're highly aware that you know if we market a property without a price for more than two or three weeks, then it can often just be disillusioning for our core demographic, which is often those first or second time buyers who really need some kind of direction on price before they you know get off the bench and, and start going and looking at open inspections. Now, they're not ordinarily the best buyers in the marketplace because they haven't seen enough to really understand value or have confidence in the market yet, but nonetheless, you know, we do need those people to get in competition with the the, the one percenters, the, those people that are going to buy a home this weekend in order to generate a, a, a price that's achieved in, well, either a competitive environment or one that's a, an inferred competitive environment. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I, I, that, that distinction, we, we've got a couple of agencies in our area right now that have just quickly adopted auction and are just applying it to everything. And, um, and unfortunately, you're seeing it, uh, you know, if you attend any of the auctions, um, they're not selling under the hammer and um, vendors are getting despondent and, uh, and a little bit upset because they feel like they're maybe railroaded and that the, uh, the advice that was provided to them to sell using that method um, was more in accordance with uh, the agent's aspirations than, um, than their own. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And whilst we live thousands and thousands of miles apart, it's the same over here. Yeah. Well, so um, so where's the opportunity lie in the market right now? Do you think? Uh, the opportunity in the market in Brisbane. Well, it's I guess the uh, the hot part of the market at the moment. Um, units and townhouses are still a little bit on the nose. Yeah. Um, same They've sort of been dropping dropping quite a bit. We've been with. Brisbane's had a lot of bad press uh, about the oversupply, mm -hmm. um, but that's typically limited to, to apartments as opposed to units, so that the high-rise stuff closer to the city. Yeah. Um, but that unfortunately has tainted that the, the townhouse and the unit market. Uh, you know, within that 10 to 12k ring, um, which is probably where the where the um, uh, investors typically tend to fish. Yeah. Um, so that the units and townhouses are probably firmed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, short supply of some townhouses in inner city suburbs like Paddington and, and whatnot are, are doing quite well because again we're just a bit short in supply. Uh, on average, if you look on RP data, our sales volumes across Brisbane are probably down between twenty and forty percent. Yeah. Uh, not in dollar terms, but as in volume terms. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's why I guess a lot of real estate agents are, uh, are crying poor at the moment, quite justifiably, and we're seeing a lot of agents jumping ship because they think the grass is greener on the other side where you and I know that's the, the other side usually fertilised with, um, with <laughs> bullshit. So, <laughs> um, so the, the, the opportunities it typically is, and I always find this, uh, found this quite regularly irrespective of the market, whatever the median, suburb, median price is for a given suburb, for a freestanding home, uh, the hottest part of the market really is in that band that's that's ten to twenty percent below the median price. Yeah, um, that's the market that just seems to be firing, and 
very common at the moment to uh, to have 20 or 30 people through an open house uh, and to have multiple offers if you're in that little little part of the market or that subset of the market, depending which suburb or which area you're in. Are you, are you finding that uh, vendors are now more inclined to spend money to present their homes for sale with uh, refurbishment, paint, styling and the like than, say, a few years ago? Oh, not really. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Dave, yeah. we're, we're playing around with, and, and this is probably a discussion we have off air, so, mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, there's some stuff at the moment, uh, like a, there's a company um, that virtually furnish stuff, and whilst it's mm. not new, um, the, the, what they can create now for 40 bucks an image, yeah. um, it's sometimes very difficult to justify um, five grand in staging. You know, four to six to eight grand in staging. Yeah. When you can when you can create that same perception um, on the desktop for, for you know for 300 bucks. Yeah. For you know for six or seven rooms. So yeah. Um, that I reckon that's really. Uh, that's something that that's going to grow in popularity. Yeah, um, uh, we, we've seen know, that and, here. Yeah, but but you know, just little things that an agent should do, and we've had a bit of luck with it as well. Typically, buyers can't see, so mm. they they see those flash images on the net. They go to the open, and they're somewhat you know disappointed because it's not the the dream that that they, that we're selling them. Mm. Um, so you know, get the photos. Print them in A3, laminate them, have them on display or sitting on the wall right next to the doorway to each room. Yeah. It really creates such a difference where people go, oh, okay. What a great and tip. They, refer, they turn to the photo and, you know, they can see that's where the lounge would go. Yep, that's where my stuff could fit. It's a really cheap and cost-effective way of doing it, I think. That's fantastic. That's a great tip. Yeah. Uh, we, we've Strangely enough, when, when we've used virtual furniture in the past, we've rarely had people walk in and go, oh, where's the furniture gone? Um, but um, I, I love the idea that um, of uh, giving that. I, I agree with you. Most people aren't imbued with much of an imagination, so you really have to uh, uh, you know, paint a picture for them, and virtual furniture does a, a fantastic job of, of that and attracting the buyer. And I, I love your suggestion there, so that once they're there, they're, they're not disappointed and they can get that perspective uh, uh, just by seeing the image. That's a terrific hint for anybody that's looking to sell a vacant property in particular or a property that they can't quite afford to uh, go, go and style or have been advised not to, um, get, those, get those images that are online and pop them up in the room. What a great cost-effective idea. Just, I need to qualify that though, Dave. That will only work with your business and my business. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, those, those ideas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just be careful. Don't don't put those tips into the hands of a of an amateur. No, that's right. That's right. Well, you, you need the whole process managed, don't you? That's it. <laughs> um, so, um, and uh, I, um, so, and on marketing, is there anything else that's uh, out there that's really working for you that you've experimented with over recent times or, or something that's just tried and true that's uh, working for you tremendously well at the moment that you'll continue doing? Oh, mate, I, I, I think I'm a little bit um, a bit myopic when it comes to, to Queensland, so I don't quite know what works for you and what doesn't work for you, but yep. Sydney, Melbourne uh, is typically... Uh, domain-based, yeah. um, although if you looked at the footy grand finals and whatever, you'd see that realestate.com or REA starting to push into that space. Queensland mm -hmm. is just dominated by realestate.com. So yeah, same if you've here. got any clients that are looking at investing, they're nuts to look anywhere. You know, realestate.com is, is the best spot to look, sadly. Yeah. And why I say sadly is obviously they've 
they've got us over a barrel now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at the end of the day, the the value for money that for the exposure that we get for what we pay is is exceptional. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. So we need to stop whinging as agents. It's a it's an amazing tool. Well, uh, it, it is, and uh, we've been uh, we've actually made some adjustments in the way that we've been marketing properties on realestate.com over recent times, and we've been a premier uh, agent for, um, for for as long as there's been premier properties, and we've recently made an adjustment to standard listings since July, and uh, interestingly, our transactional activity has increased, our ability to achieve great pricing, we've achieved three record prices during that time, has not been diminished, and, and in a tight marketplace as we're experiencing, we're releasing properties to the market um, by, uh, via a standard listing and still appearing on the first page of properties for sale in that suburb. And obviously there's some, uh, and w- when it comes to the 3D tours and the videos, it all still appears the same functionality. It's just we lose a little bit of branding, but I tell you what, our clients love saving that 1000 to $1,500 on their realestate.com ad. Yeah, and, and look, it's uh, I, I get that. I certainly haven't made that, that shift down as yet. Um, but you know, the astute investor uh, will search by price. Mm. Uh, sorry, sorry, search by date listed. Um, so they're just going to set their alerts so they'll see the new properties come up. So there's a fair argument for that. Um, I'm, I'm not on that uh, that bandwagon yet, Dave, but uh, but you keep chipping away at me. Um, but, but, but for me in Queensland, that, that I don't think that would be a prudent move for me. Yep. But obviously our markets are, are quite different. So Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's, a, it's interesting because, you know, um, we, we found that all of our competing agents are uh, premier listings. And so for us, it's established a, a nice point of difference for us at the point of presenta- uh, uh, listing presentation. Um, yep. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's also really interesting to acknowledge that, you know, the rest of the world don't really care about premier listings that much. You know, the buyers are seeking the best value that they can find and, and, uh, and home sellers ultimately want to be sold. And I, I think there's a real interesting conversation the industry has to have around what... Uh, what cost-effective marketing looks like and, and what the other elements are that maybe the big spend on realestate.com is restricting us from experimenting with. So um, we've, we've been trying yeah. to do some work with video and Facebook and uh, and now TikTok. Um, we had a video yep. uh, uploaded on TikTok on Saturday and uh, within 24 hours it's now had... Oh, sorry, well, it's now been a couple of days, but it's uh, over 11,500 views. Yep. Who, who would have thought, you know? Yes. Most, most people under the age of 25 don't, or over the age of 25 don't even know that TikTok exists. And there's uh, 11,500 yep. eyeballs on, you know, on, on an agent on, a, on an idle weekend. So um, the, the, the world of marketing continues to, continues to evolve at a rapid rate. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as you know, I've always, uh, I think, tried to push the boundaries with, with my marketing and absolutely. was very active with, with video and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I've sort of come off that a little bit, uh, in all honesty, and, and that's that's largely because, mate, I'm getting older and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm lacking the desire to jump in a pool with, um, in my suit anymore. But, um, <laughs> but it is. It's all about getting eyeballs onto properties. That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Rod, um, thank you so much for your time today and, and for giving us an insight as to what's happening in a different part of the world. I know so many of our, our clients are located here in South Australia, but we've got an increasing audience that seems to have found its way all around the world. And um, I know so many people are, are looking at moving interstate or looking to secure an investment property here. We've got a bit of a, an issue with land tax at the moment, so I know a lot of uh, investors' attentions all of a sudden turn to interstate. And I'd just suggest to anybody that's looking to 
buy real estate in Queensland. If you don't already have a go-to guy, then uh, you should be speaking to Rod Westerhouse about uh, about real estate. Even if it's, uh, it, I mean, use Rod as a free resource and give him a call, ask him what's going on, where the right streets, where the, what the right spot, where the right spot is to buy, uh, what's on the up and up, and uh, and what to maybe be very careful and cautious of as well, because it's a it's that type of advice that helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars in real estate. So. Thank you very much, Rod, for joining us on the podcast once again. You're welcome, mate. Fantastic. And uh, to everybody else out there, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast also, and we look forward to bringing you more tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Day Sovereign Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes, and we look forward to bringing you more next week.